The Adam Crowley Show. Sidney Crosby got rubbed by the glove on power play. And they're... That's it, Rob. You guys looked at each other like I said, Rob. Yeah, and then you added by the glove. Oh, you got rubbed by the glove? You're going to have to yank that one, Tom. Please go ahead and pull that for me. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The morning after the Steelers start 0-1-1, I pop open the old laptop, look at the box score, I put the tape on and I think, okay baby, let's dissect this nonsense. Let's dissect this travesty of a defense. Let's dissect this terrible performance in the first quarter by the Steelers' offense. And then I open Twitter. Just to reiterate, the morning after the Steelers start 0-1-1, Antonio Brown tweets, Just trade me then. Hmm! You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we doing radio up in here. I should clarify, I don't really think Antonio Brown wants a trade. I do think, though, he was popping off at former Steelers public relations guy, Ryan Scarpino. If you don't know Ryan, and you probably don't, he's one of the funniest people on this planet. I'm also guessing that the Steelers public relations staff is just a tad perturbed that he would poke the AB bear. I don't put any of it on him, though. Antonio Brown searched his name. Actually, no. Antonio Brown just searched AB. He typed the first two letters of the alphabet into the Twitter search so he could see if anybody was popping off about AB. And we all have been. Antonio Brown does not show up for the media congregation yesterday. Antonio Brown leaves before the end of the game yesterday. Antonio Brown left the field more than I've ever seen Antonio Brown leave the field over the course of play. Now, it was hot. I was in the radio booth, and I was sweating. I'm sure playing football in that humidity for the second game of the year is difficult, but A.B. was leaving the field more than I ever see a guy who's in that kind of shape leave the field. So A.B.'s taking his 0-1-1 start to heart. I think he's mad because Juju Smith-Schuster was excellent in game number one. Juju Smith-Schuster was excellent in game number two, and A.B. wants it. But that's a trash teammate thing to do. After the 0-1-1 start, now you've got media members sliding on into the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex today and asking everyone else about Antonio Brown. Mark Bolley was tweeting out that David Castro talked about him, that some other members of the Steelers were discussing A-B today because they were asked questions by the media. We thought this might be the year of no distractions, right? Kevin Colbert said, we do not believe in distractions. Too bad. Hey, Tom, do you know if... Le'Veon Bell reported to the Steelers facility today. Uh, I'm checking right now. No, still not. No sign of him at the Steelers facility. Lev Bell not at the Steelers facility. Antonio Brown popping off on Twitter. And the Steelers defense giving up 42 points at home. 
in the only game that's mattered at home since the loss to Jacksonville where they gave up 45 points. We've got three full hours of Steelers coverage here on the Crowley Show. Mike Pursuit is going to join us at 520 to talk about the personnel. Is that the problem? Or is it the scheme on the defensive side? Is it both? We'll get to that with him. Matt Williamson going to join us at 620 today to look around the National Football League. A lot of great storylines. A lot of things, I think, that might perturb Steelers fans. So we'll do that in the 6 o'clock hour. Is my prediction for the Steelers to struggle to make the playoffs okay now? I said the Steelers would not be 13-3. and I said they'd be somewhere closer to 10-6 and or 11-5. and Is it okay that I said they'd be a fringe playoff team? I said last year the Steelers were 8-2 and in one-possession games. And they were. That's an 80% winning percentage. When the games get close, when the buttholes pucker, when things get tough, the Steelers, they found a way to win. That doesn't happen in this league. Some teams exceed the expectations in that regard. The Steelers historically have. The Patriots over the last decade plus have. The Colts with Peyton Manning did. The Aaron Rodgers-led Packers do. But 8-2 and two is far too hard to replicate. You're playing far too many one-score games to begin with. And when you play them, you're not going to win as many as they did. Keith Butler said prior to the season that the Steelers were four missed field goals away from being 9-7, and seven, not 13-3. and three. Well, the Steelers are now 0-1-1 in one-possession games. Point for the crown man. Already living up to the billing of being a team that falls back to the pack. The kicker's a big deal. In one-score games, you need your kicker not to suck. Boswell has sucked. He's been below the line, as Mike Tomlin would say. Mike Tomlin also characterized special teams yesterday as not varsity. In one-score games, turnovers are a big deal. The Steelers threw six balls or fumbled six balls into the hands of the Cleveland Browns last week. Penalties, also a big deal. In one-score games, the Steelers committed a bunch yesterday. We can blame the defense for everything I could easily do a three-hour show on just that. But nor the offense or the defense give the Steelers a chance to win in the first quarter. That's good grammar by me. I've been listening to A.B. too much. Three straight three and outs to start the game by the offense. They won the toss. They got the ball. And you thought, okay, the Chiefs defense, it sucks. They've got a lot of back-end players on a roster on the back end of that defense. Ben Roethlisberger will take the Steelers down the field. They'll punch the ball in the end zone. We'll all feel a lot better about the quarterback. We'll all feel a lot better about this football team. He misses James Washington after the Chiefs get up by a touchdown. Three straight three and outs. When you've got an offense as potent as the offense on the other side of the field, you cannot do that. You cannot dig that hole for yourself, and they did Did it remind anybody else of Jacksonville? Tim Benz had a great tweet. It's like quarter five of the Jacksonville playoff game. Kansas City was ready to go. Kansas City punched the ball in three times in the Steelers' offense. Nothing. When you're playing a team like the Chiefs that stink on defense and are great on offense, you have to monopolize the football. You've got to keep them off the field, especially in the early going, and let the defense settle in. The offense did not help there. Now, it doesn't mean the defense has to give up three straight touchdowns. They don't. 
But they did, and the offense had a lot to do with it. I mentioned the kicking game already. Last year, Boswell made four kicks as time expired. Difference between 13-3 and and 9-7, and as I said. This year, he's 0-for-1 in game-winning kicks. It cost the Steelers a win. That's why they've got that tie. But more than just points being left off the board, more than the obvious, when your kicker sucks, it makes coaching a lot more difficult. When you're at the 35-yard line on the opponent's side of the field and it's fourth down, what do you do now? Do you kick the 52-yard field goal? Last year, they do. Or do you go for it? Now Mike Tomlin has to think in that circumstance where usually it's autopilot. 35-yard line, Boswell, give it a shot. Let's put some points on the board. Now you don't know. Do you take the delay of game and punt it? You can't do that either because the punting game sucks. Kicking, special teams, these things matter, and these things make coaching a hell of a lot more difficult. The Steelers have so many problems, and we'll cover them over the course of the three-hour show today, but you can't forget the kicking game. It changes the dynamic. And it can be the difference between 13-3 and three and 9-7. and seven. 412-922-2874 is the number. I imagine we'll hear from a lot of you today. You can also tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There are a couple of coaching decisions I didn't agree with in yesterday's game. Kicking the ball deep as the clock wound down. Minute 59, you kick it off. I'd have onside kicked it. Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback the NFL has ever seen. Or at least he looked at yesterday. That offense was unstoppable. The Steelers' defense had proved unable to stop the offense. If every time they touched the ball, they were scoring touchdowns for the most part, I think they were good enough to get 10 yards. That's all you need to do. Get 10 yards, game over. They got their 10, and then some. They ran out the clock. Steelers gave it their last-ditch effort to block that song gun. They get penalized. I'm okay with that one. It was their last chance to win the game. But the clock winds down after a first down. You have to give yourself an opportunity to recover the onside kick. The way I've always thought about it is if you get if you try the onside kick and you get it, well, you get the ball. If you don't get it, you still have an opportunity to stop them. You now give yourself two chances to get the ball. Steelers only gave themselves one chance. Defense, not good enough. The other coaching decision I didn't agree with was the Steelers not going for it down 42 to 30 with 916 left in the game. It was 4th and 7 from their own 44, no balls. Not much time left to score two touchdowns. Not much time left to stop the Chiefs and then score two touchdowns. You got to go for it there. Mike Tomlin said after the game, he thought that if you don't get it the game's over and he's right, he was trying to extend the game. You also had to extend the game by putting points on the board. And by not going for it there, they really screwed themselves in that regard. Back to the onside kick that wasn't for a second here. Some people who complained about the Steelers' onside kick against Jacksonville are complaining that the Steelers didn't do it yesterday. They might sound like hypocrites, but they aren't. And I'm one of those people. Blake Bortles, no matter what he did in that playoff game, stinks. I wanted him backed up in the shadow of the goal line. You kicked that ball deep. I don't think they'd have passed, and you know what? They didn't pass anyhow. I think Blake Bortles, if they allow him to pass in that situation, 
lets the Steelers back into the game because he throws that Blake Bortles patented nasty interception, that game-killing interception. So I liked the Steelers kicking off last year, even though the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Because I looked at the players on the other side. Now I look at the players on the other side, and you see Pat Mahomes, you see Tyree Kill, and you see Kareem Hunt, and you see Travis Kelsey, and you see Sammy Watkins. And you have to make the decision based on their personnel. And the decision for me was the wrong one. You kick it deep, it's over. And it was. You get the onside kick, you've at least got an opportunity with the offense with a minute 59 to go. Here's the thing that hurts more than anything for me if I'm a Steelers fan. If Ben were consistently Hall of Fame caliber, if Ben were consistently as good as some of the upper echelon quarterbacks in this game, both home and on the road, the Steelers would be 1-1 one one right now. He goes on the road to Cleveland, turns the ball over five times. The Steelers turn it over six times. Ben Roethlisberger on the road has to be better in that circumstance. You turn it over four times, you probably win the game. You turn it over three times, oh yeah, you're winning that game. Ben Roethlisberger needed to be better week one. And he still has it. We saw him play pretty well yesterday. There were some throws he needed to have back, but he threw for 400 yards. He made plays with his legs and with his arm. That's still in there. If half of that, Ben, was on the road in Cleveland week one, they're one and one right now, and the problems, while great, seem a lot more palatable when you're at 500, when you've got that first win under your belt. Because now they don't, and they got to go on the road to if Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time to play the second greatest quarterback of all time in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you're needing that win. There's a level of desperation now that there wouldn't be if you're one and one. It changes things when you don't get the result you need from Cleveland. You're supposed to beat Cleveland every time you take the field with Cleveland. Ben Roethlisberger needed to be better in that game. They needed yesterday's Ben Roethlisberger a week before that in Cleveland. We'll spend a lot of time on the defense today. Most of the time on the defense, in fact. But coming up next... I think the offense deserves some blame, too. I'll go point by point why that's the case. We'll get to your calls as well. 412-922-2874. It's a Crowley Show. Adam Crowley. Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Is it the Steelers' scheme on defense that's the problem, or is it the personnel? 412-922-2874. We'll be getting into that big time over the course of the program. I happen to think the offense isn't as much to blame as the defense, but they're absolutely to blame. We'll get into that in a minute. First, though, Dino in Pittsburgh on the Crowley Show. Hey, man. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing good. I wanted to say something. Um, John Madden said it best. After 10 years, the, 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 the players stopped listening. I believe this has happened to the, the Steelers, and it shows in their preparation when they come out 
for the first offensive snap or defensive snap. They're not ready to play for the first quarter. Well, I'll address that, Dino, and I appreciate the call, 412-922-2874. There's nothing I hate more than when people say they weren't ready to play. There's nothing I hate more than, oh, they laid down for this opponent. Or they're not motivated. Now, I don't buy any of that. What I do think the problem is, though, is that sometimes the other team's better sound in their fundamentals. They execute their offense better than the Steelers do. They execute their defense better than the Steelers do. What is the Steelers' defensive scheme? Does anybody know? Does anybody know what they're trying to do? They run a base 3-4, but you're only going to play that 25-30% of the time. After that, they're going to play with a whole other bunch of stuff. They're going to run nickel. They're going to run dime. There have been conversations about running the dollar defense with seven defensive backs. How many inside linebackers do you want to have on the field? The Steelers are kind of caught no man's land in what they want to be on that side of the ball. And that's a problem. And that's a head coaching problem. That's a defensive coordinator problem. I will never buy these professional athletes aren't ready to play a game from a mental standpoint of, well, we got to go take the field. Uh, I don't really feel like being here. No, I don't buy that for a second. What I do think, though, is mentally the other teams are further ahead because I think the Steelers have been outcoached a lot lately. I think they were out-schemed, out-coached in the Jacksonville game. It happens every time when they play New England. Now, that happens to a lot of teams. It happens too frequently. And I'm not saying fire Mike Tomlin, but we're getting closer to that point. We are getting closer to Mike Tomlin not being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think. They're not going to fire him this year. Probably not going to fire him next year. But if they string together a couple of losing seasons, then, yeah, sure, you move on. And for this team, with the talent that they have on the offensive side, to be 0-1-1 after playing Cleveland and one of the worst defenses in the league in Kansas City? Yo, that ain't right. It ain't right at all. 412-922-2874 is the number. We've now blamed the coach, who deserves it. We've blamed the defensive coordinator, who deserves it. We've blamed the defense overall. We've blamed the kicker. I've touched on the offense. But I think the offense needs more blame than people are letting on. I think the offense did not carry their weight yesterday. I know they scored 37 points. I know that they put up over 400 yards. But when your defense sucks, you have to make critical plays. The Steelers' offense didn't. You think I'm wrong? Third and a couple with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Ben misses a wide-open Ryan Switzer. Now, I think Ryan Switzer shouldn't be anywhere near the offense. Ryan Switzer should catch kicks. Ryan Switzer should catch punts. Ryan Switzer should not be anywhere near the offense. But Ben misses him. The Chiefs had just scored. They made it 35-28. to And the Steelers didn't hold serve. I'm a Big 12 football fan. I watch West Virginia football. You all know that. You're snowflakes. You get the show. I love Will Greer. I love offense. Throw the ball around. A lot of those defenses stink, but a lot of those offenses are so good that it almost doesn't even matter. The hope is you can make enough plays defensively, and the offense always holds serve to put pressure on the other offense. The Chiefs put pressure on the Steelers' offense by being pretty much perfect yesterday. The Steelers needed to put just as much pressure on Pat Mahomes that he needs to go out there and take care of business every time out. 
and they didn't. It was 35-28. The Steelers could not convert a third down. That's ball game to me at that point. Because you knew the Chiefs were going to go down and score again, and of course they did. How about the start to the game? The defense started terribly, but the offense was just as bad. What's the worst thing an offense can do? Turn the football over, right? Okay, what's the next worst thing you can do? One, two, three, and out. One, two, three, and out. One, two, three, say it with me now, and out. One, two, three. Three, three, and out. One, two, 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 three, and out. And out. Good contribution, Tom. You're talking about nine plays, three punts for the Steelers' offense. You're talking about James Washington, who they finally peeled back the wrapper. They finally punched the damn thing in case of emergency, broke the glass. He's running wide open down the sideline, and Ben Roethlisberger, with his interception lizard-itis, throws the ball ten yards past a guy who's five yards behind the defender. You have to hold serve. You have to put pressure on Mahomes. And I'm not talking about blitz. I'm not talking about getting pressure up the middle on the quarterback. No, you put pressure on him by making him realize, oh, damn, I'm going to shoot out with a Hall of Famer. You have to make him think that because he's young and as good as he was, he might make a mistake if he's trying to be too fine. He never felt like he was being too fine yesterday because it's 21 nothing before you could even blink. I've taken poops longer. Then the Steelers had that game tied at 0-0. When it's 21 nothing, Pat Mahomes is like, bro, I'll just sling the rock around. We don't even need to run. Who cares? I'll sling it around, do whatever I want. Doesn't matter. We're still going to win the game. Bad start for the Steelers' offense. Three consecutive three and outs. And then Ben fumbled. Luckily, that was called back due to a penalty. But they could have been down 28 to nothing, and a lot of that would have been on the offense. If the offense had scored, even beyond putting the pressure on Pat Mahomes, if they had scored and possessed the ball early, it would have helped the team not be in such a huge hole to start. Even if the Chiefs get up 14 to nothing and you can run the ball, milk the clock, go in a nice 10, 11, 12 play drive, the defense then gets to settle in and breathe for a freaking second. The offense didn't do enough. How much do you blame them? 412 922 2874. I blame them. They had their failures, too. It's 2018. You don't shut people down on defense anymore. Now, obviously, the Steelers need to do better than giving up 42 and 45 points in back-to-back games on their home field. But you have to sometimes go out there and score 46 in this league. You sometimes have to go out there and put up 35 to win in this league. The Steelers will be in a bunch more of these games. They need to learn how to outscore people. They need to win shootouts. A few years ago, the Steelers kind of admitted to how bad their defense was. I mean, it was bad. It stunk out loud. The Colts had Andrew Luck coming on in. His arm was still good at the time. They had all kind of good players on that offense, including T.Y. Hilton. And instead of trying to keep the ball away from the Colts' offense, or this or that, the Steelers put up 45 offensive points. They kept scoring. They went for it on a fourth down, been through six touchdown passes. They needed to score to feel more comfortable because the defense was that bad. That's what this team needs to do. That's how they have to play. You have to hold serve, and the Steelers' offense didn't do that. How much of a role did the offense play in the loss, if any? 
And do you absolve them because they scored 37 points? I don't. 412-922-2874. Mr. Anderson next up from the Matrix. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, please keep schooling these genders. I mean, it's, I, I give them 50% of the blame. Yes, the defensive scheme sucks. I mean, but how many years have we been saying that? Fire the defensive coordinator, yes. We know that. But guess what? How many three and outs and three and outs and three and outs does Ben have to do? Say it with me, Mr. Anderson. One, two, three and out. One, two, three and out. One, two, three and out. Three in a row to start the game. I I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And and, and to your point, Mr. Anderson, you say that the defense, uh, they – we know their scheme. No, we don't. We don't. I don't know what their scheme is. What's the Steelers' defensive scheme? I don't know. So they deserve 50% of the blame, too. But we talked about the three consecutive three and outs to start the game. James Conner, late in the game, had a big run, about 4.30 left, right? Steelers, one of the best offenses in the league. We should be scoring 30 points a game. They got some of the best personnel in the league. They took eight more plays to score after that. They wasted the two-minute warning. Ben Roethlisberger runs to his right. It takes 15 minutes, seemingly. Dives for the pylon. I don't eat carbs anymore. Good for you, Ben. Maybe run a little bit faster. Two-minute warning, then gets wasted. So instead of being able to stop the clock four times, Steelers are only able to stop the clock three times. And had it been four, Steelers probably get the ball back with 40-some seconds left in the game. Maybe my math's wrong there. Who cares? The point still stands. You get four times to stop the clock if you score faster. That's on the offense. They're that good, right? 30 points a game. We got Ben Roethlisberger. We got Antonio Brown. We got James Conner, who's the second coming, right? He beat cancer, which is the second biggest win of his career after beating Penn State. We can score, right? We can score quick. No, you can't. If you score with 3.30 left, you've got a huge chance to win that game. You score with three minutes left, you've got a huge chance to win that game. You score with 159 left, and you literally couldn't do it any worse. The Patriots, the Packers, the Saints, all the teams that say they're that good on offense, they back that up there by scoring quick. Steelers don't score quick, and the offense lets the team down. The offense played its part, too. Here we got some breaking news, Tom. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. What is it? Oh, you want me to break it? I don't know it. You Who's don't know breaking it? it? Someone break the news! I can't hardly hold contain myself! Break the damn news, Chesty Tom. reports that the New England Patriots have agreed to acquire Josh Gordon. Oh, my God! And the most predictable thing oh, of all time. Oh, my God! Oh! Super Bowl? There is good news. The Steelers won't be losing to the Patriots in the playoffs. Because <laughs> no. the Steelers Too soon, aren't going to make the playoffs. Bam! I think that's what he was getting at, Tom. Yeah. Tom nailed it. Woo! Hey, that was good breaking news, Tom. Thank you. That's You're good welcome. producing, I worked buddy. hard on that. Yeah. You broke the hell out of that news. The Steelers are 0-0-1. The Patriots then lose to the other... AFC championship contender, the Jags, and you're feeling, okay, it's not that bad, right? Eh, the Patriots, they're 1-1. One and one. You're trying to keep pace. You hate where you are, but they're not in a great place either. Josh Gordon's a stud when he's on the field. Now, that's the problem. Is he going to be on the field? Is he getting suspended? Who knows? He could have a relapse any moment, but when he's out there, he's better than any of those fools that they got out there right now. He's better than any of them. They got a bunch of tiny little white guys running around. 
that are running back wide receiver hybrids, they couldn't get open against Jacksonville. It was staggering. When picking that game, I picked the Patriots because they're the Patriots. I believe I picked them. I think I did. Pretty sure. Doesn't matter. But the problem is, Tom Brady can't beat Tom Brady if he's got a bunch of suckers running around. A bunch of guys who can't create separation. Well, Josh Gordon can. Their roster was bad coming into that game on that side of the ball, that realm. They got a little bit better today. What do you think happens first? Josh Gordon catches his 10th touchdown pass of the season as New England Patriots or the Browns get a win? Wow. I'll put it on a poll. Coming up next, the Steelers stunk on the field. There's always drama off the field. How much does that really affect the team? We explore next. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. Maybe I decide those teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. It's too late to stop Antonio Brown. Hurricane Florence is bearing down. The wind's gusting. The rain falling. And there's nothing you can do about it but evacuate. Antonio Brown is a hurricane run amok in the city of Pittsburgh. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. I heard a conversation on the station across the street. Who needs to step up and talk to AB? Is it Ben? Is it Cam Hayward? Is it the offensive lineman? Is it Art Rooney the second? Who is it? Somebody needs to step up. Nobody can put that toothpaste back in the ever-loving tube. There's toothpaste everywhere. Your kids, they look up at you smiling. It's on the frigging mirror. John smiley faces. The cleanup's going to be a bitch. Your whole house is minty fresh for a month. It ain't getting back in the tube. The Steelers gave him a contract. There was no penalty when he Facebook live the Steelers locker room after a playoff game. I don't know what you do in that circumstance, but there's no penalty. When he threw a Gatorade cooler, nothing was done. When he bitched at Landry Jones, oh God, RIP. Heath Miller said he talked to him. But what does that do? It's not going to end. This is who he is. Fact. Why would he all of a sudden just start behaving? He apologized last week to a media member that he threatened to punch in the face. Yo, man, I'm going to break your jaw. On Sunday, then, he didn't talk to the media. So that makes the apology seem disingenuous to me. Mike Tomlin says in his press conference, we don't worry about social media. You worry about social media. Hey, coach, just FYI, AB said, Trade me then today on social media. You might want to pay a little bit of attention there. You might want to just pay a tad bit of attention. But I don't know what you do. So he doesn't talk to the media yesterday. He also leaves the game early, a la LeGarrette Blunt. He ain't changing. So the question then becomes, this is the rational path here. Does this affect the team? I've got a Twitter poll up, at underscore Adam Crowley, where people are chiming in. 
And the people say, yes, it does affect the team. Although I have the A-B defenders talking about the defense. It's the defense's fault. Spoiler alert, it can be both. It can be the defense's fault for giving up 42 at home, and it can be A-B's fault for acting a fool, which he did. It always does. I want your thoughts on that. 412-922-2874. Does A-B's behavior affect the team? It does. The press box affords a good vantage point to see the entire field. It's like watching all 22, but live there in person. It's like a Broadway show, baby. A.B. was not open very much at all yesterday. But Ben threw him the ball 16 times. You don't think that A.B.'s bitching had something to do with that? You don't think that that changes the dynamic of an offense? That's not to say that you don't want your best players touching the ball. Of course you do. You win games in this league when the best players are the best players. However... They need to organically make an impact on the game. AB's got 33 targets in two games. That's a lot. He has not been open 33 times. Now, sometimes he's covered, and you still give him a shot. That's how he scored his first touchdown of the season. But Ben is forcing him the ball. Why? Because he's got his complainy pouty face on. He's bitching at Randy Feetner. He's pressing the issue. That makes the quarterback think twice about giving him the ball. If not consciously, then subconsciously, unconsciously. I don't know the word. I've been listening to A.B. talk too much. Ben threw into double coverage in game one, and it turned into triple coverage as a corner left his man and made the play. Yesterday, Ben throws to a covered A.B., and a defender comes off his guy and drops the interception. Ben is supposed to go through his progressions and find the open guy. A.B. complaining and whining and getting into it with the coordinator may make it more likely to have Ben try to appease him. You want to talk about on the field having an effect? There's the effect right there. Ben can't play the game the way he wants to play the game because he's also playing politics in his own huddle with Antonio Brown. Here's another way it affects the team. It shows Juju it's okay to behave that way. Then you've got two guys who moan and complain and want the football. So if you throw it to Juju, A.B. cries. If you throw it to A.B., Juju cries. If you throw it to Vance McDonald, we all cry because he probably drops it. It's a headache for the quarterback because he's trying to appease both guys instead of letting the football organically make its way around the field. 412-922-2874. Do AB's antics negatively affect the team? Adam. Good afternoon. Hey, Adam. Yeah, Adam. Yes, yes, that's me too. Uh, Yes, I wanted to say absolutely they do. Adam, it's me, Adam. Adam. We got you, Adam? Yeah, yeah. You hear me? I hear you, Adam. What's up, Adam? Oh, I was saying, yes, of course, Antonio's antics affect the team. Uh, He becomes, I haven't seen any uh, player, quarterback. I thought you'd seen it with Moss 15 years ago when he was in Minnesota. But he becomes less valuable if the Steelers eventually are out of contention. I mean, the question of do you bench him, do you trade him, what do you do with him, uh, you know, becomes more real because, I mean, I've never seen this is beyond anything. I mean, what I think this is a byproduct of is Tomlin has tried to be a Players coach, okay, and, and the whole idea is you gotta you have to find a, a happy medium or some balance hey, Adam. between Yes. Have you been drinking today? No. Are you sure? Yeah, why? Because I'm from Wheeling? No, because you're you slurring. Had last time. Oh, my bad. 
He's slurring. I'm sorry. I agree with a lot of his points, but here, here's the question I'm not going to ask. Should you bench A.B.? Should you suspend A.B.? That's not a question I'm asking. You want to know why? Because I'm not going to do it, and I'm not sure it does any good. It might do more harm than good at this point. The first time he kicks a Gatorade cooler, the first time he bitches when Landry Jones skips a ball into him, then you pull him aside, then maybe you suspend him. But now you can't because years of bad behavior has gone unpunished and now if you do it in week three, in a game that you absolutely have to win, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Antonio Brown cannot be the exceptionalism. Or this time for Antonio Brown can't be the exceptionalism. It can't be the exception. It's got to be the same thing you've done with A.B. the whole time because now it's, it's too late. It's too late to be too little. You can't do it. Here's the other question. I don't want to answer the questions that Adam had. I don't want to ask the questions that Adam asked. I want to ask this one. Does the bad outweigh the good? Probably not. But we're teetering close on that line. The last two weeks, the way he's performed, yeah. But the A-B we've seen in the past, it's an all-pro that's catching 100 balls at least a season. Well, you deal with the nonsense. If you keep losing because he's not catching the football and then he bitches and moans and complains about not catching the football... Well, then it probably adds more bad than good. But think about what he did in Christmas Day a couple years ago. He extends the ball over the goal line. I don't know if any other receivers in football make that play. There's plays he makes all the time. I don't know if any other receivers in football make. The touchdown he scored week one was amazing. But if it becomes too far in between, few and far in between for those plays to be made, well, then, yeah, I, I think the, the bad absolutely outweighs the good. I don't know if we're there quite yet, but I also know you can't suspend him. I know you can't sit him down. They're, are you going to do that against Tampa Bay? They've got the greatest quarterback on the planet right now, right? Fitzpatrick. I mean, who is this guy? Fountain of youth? I'd say it's Fountain of youth, but he's never played this well, so it's not like it took him back in time. He had one good year with the Jets. If you sit A-B for that game, the defense then crashes down to stop the run. They'll double cover Juju Smith-Schuster. And the Steelers, you think their receiving core is great? I got news for you, peeps. It's not. You got A.B. and Juju. They are great. One, two, punch, maybe the best in the league. But after that, where's the depth? You sit A.B. down, Juju's your number one. Who the hell is your number two? Is it James Washington, the guy that wouldn't even play week one? No! Is it Justin Hunter, the guy they sat last week? No. Is it Ryan friggin' Switzer? This isn't the Patriots. No. You cannot discipline Antonio Brown because if you do, you're going to lose to Tampa because they're going to put up points because the defense sucks. And you're not going to be able to put enough points on the board because you're throwing to me and Tom and Brian and Ryan Switzer, who Tom and Brian are both definitely taller than. If I take my shoes off, I'm not, but I wear shoes most of the time. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I guess I did answer Adam's question. Damn it, I fell for the trap. Other questions this. How does the team react to all this nonsense if the losing continues? It's the first time that they haven't won a game in a two-week span going back like three years. Steelers have been very good at not losing two in a row 
They haven't lost two in a row here, but they didn't win one of the two games. First time that's happened in a long time. I'm sure there's a better way for me to have said it. I don't care. You get the picture. That's it. That's all it's been. Two games. Two weeks into the season, and you're already starting to sense the frustration from A.B. The quarterback walked off the field shaking his head. Randy Feetner's got to be pulling his beard out. Keith Butler, my God, has a mess on his hands on the Steelers' defense. Joe Hayden's hurt. You've got Bud Dupree sliding into DMs, if you saw this, of people saying, Oh, I slept with your girlfriend. Two games in, they don't have a win, and they're already coming apart at the seams. What happens if they start out 0-2-1? Where's the leadership come from then? Does Cam Hayward stop it? Probably not. Does Ben Roethlisberger stop it? Probably not. Who can stop it? No one can stop it. Oh, my God, it's a snowball. Doug in Monroeville next up. Hey, man. Hey, Adam. Uh, Yeah, I want to disagree a little with you on the A-B thing. A-B, he does one of these rants once a year. I think it was last year when he flipped over the water cooler, and then he went on the best 10-game stretch I've ever seen a wide receiver ever have. So I, I think it's actually going to be a positive. When he does this on the sidelines, he gets more laser-focused because everybody's kind of down, downgrading him in the media. He gets extra peed off. I'll, I'll respectfully then... disagree, Doug. I don't think leaving the field early means you're laser-focused. I don't think... Refusing to face the music after the game means that you're laser-focused. I'm talking after this media rant hits him. Like last year when everybody blew up about the Gatorade thing, what did he do? He won the Kansas City game. He was was honestly the only guy I thought Mike could win an MVP in NFL last year before he got hurt. Doug, I appreciate the call, 412-922-2874. This is different than that. This is different than throwing a Gatorade cooler. This is, in the span of a couple of months, showing up in a helicopter after saying you don't want media attention and you can't live a normal life and the Google alerts are waking you up every day and your kids are having to read about it. Oh, my God, it sucks. And then you call Ed Bouchette a Hall of Famer who's not a racist, a racist. You then call him out on Twitter and say he's reporting hashtag fake news. You then threaten to break a reporter's jaw and then... You leave the field early and don't talk to the media after the game, and then you have to respond to Ryan Scarpino's tweet saying, no, trade me then. There's something more going on with A.B. than we all know right now, I think. Think about last year. He flips a Gatorade cooler. That's the end of it. This year, it's one after another, after another, after another, after another. Focused? Yeah, I think not. The Steelers' defense was terrible in last night's game. Is it scheme? Is it talent? Is it both? I think it's all the above, but one more than the other. I'll tell you which. Next, it's the Crowley Show.